Hey Dave. Yep. What's your favorite summertime treat? Winter. No. <laughs> Just no. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Summertime. Winter is coming. No. <laughs> Smoothies. Milkshakes, ice cream, popsicles, pools, beaches. I need to talk to you about your eating the beaches problem that you apparently seem to have. <laughs> I thought we were talking about treats here. <laughs> Going to the beach is a treat. I see. Going to the pool would be a treat. Uh, okay. Fine, you use that word a little differently than I do. I use it a little broader. Yeah, I see. Well, if you're going to go with that, then definitely the pool, because there's nothing quite like feeling as cold as winter. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you and winter. Dude, I was born in January. What do you want from me? I was born in May, so... So I should probably not say those things on here. <laughs> uh-huh so how about you oh so many things so many good sweet things i mean most of the ones you named are kind of year-round once again i'll take no for 200 alex <laughs> Oh, and, and for the uh, Zoomers who may be listening, that was a reference to an old TV show called Jeopardy. <coughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we should get to an yeah, actual right. conversation. So season, season three, episode 24 of Fighting With God. Stay tuned. You are listening to Fighting with God. Fighting with God exists to proclaim the gospel so that a lively faith, the abundant love of God, and a confident hope that endures the darkness can be presented to a world, world that desperately needs them. We believe that engaging the struggles of following Jesus and calling things what they are, being theologians of the cross, can set us free to know the God who knows and loves us where we are and to the life he created us to have. Stay tuned. And welcome back to Fighting With God. I'm your host, Dave Ketter, and with me is my friend and co-host, Jason Wilson. Hey, everybody. So we are going to lay off a little bit of the uh, deep, soul-searching, um, sacred cow dashing and burning that we've been doing the last few weeks. Um, it's good work. It's just, it's the kind of conversations we need to be having as Christians in, in this season. Um, but it's also not the only conversations we can be having as Christians in this season. So we, um, because wrestling can be playful too. Sure. <laughs> Most of the time God is just playing because if God were serious, oh, help us. <laughs> we go squish. Uh, yeah, we'll go with that. 
So, but uh, one, one of the things we've mentioned in these last few weeks that seemed like it would actually be good to go into, because um, the last three episodes, you know, even as we're talking about things like racism and about um, white privilege in American society and uh, also, you know, nationalism and patriotism and uh, how all these things fit together, a lot of those things came back to this idea of the stories that we tell ourselves and the stories that we are educated on and learned on and fed from and formed by. Um, and we just do a lot of stories in general <laughs> between the two of us. Yeah. I mean, not just, you know, Bible study stories or church stories, although those are definitely, you know, kind of an ever-present reality. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, Netflix or Disney Plus or YouTube or Instagram or whatever you find. Or books. Gasp! Right, yes. <laughs> books are definitely important. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, all kinds of stories all over the place. And these days, people only have like 15 second stories that they get on TikTok. But. Uh, neither of us has plumbed the depths of TikTok, and I don't think we have any plans to start. So you'll have to be content with our old bogey ways <laughs> of, you know, watching hours of a thing. <laughs> or reading hours of a thing. <laughs> but anyway, I'm kind of rambling here. So, to begin with, let's talk about the stories we choose, the stories we pursue or take in because we want to. Um, so those things like your favorite book or what Netflix show you're currently binging when you want to get away from everything or that show or movie or book that you keep going back to because, you know, even though you've seen it or read it a hundred times, it's still just good to go back through. Mm. What, what do you have in those categories, Dave? Well, if we're going to do categories, I think we should go a little bit back and forth there. Um, just to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's let's start with the uh, the book um, that I got back to. Uh, I think uh, for me that actually probably is uh, Tolkien's Silmarillion, which is kind of cheating because it's not really one story. <laughs> it's a lot of it's a lot of different stories, and they are all told in very different ways and it's kind of a summary of this much larger gathering of stories so yeah it's kind of cheating but but i i really find that the the it's not just that the world that tolkien was portraying is compelling but the, these themes of how do we confront death how do we confront um the darkness and powers that are far too big for us and how do we, you know, that we have no power to actually be, defeat ourselves. How, how do we even dare make a stand uh, against them? And, 
what are the things that are worth uh, living for, dying for? I mean, they, they, they just have all of that. And so, yeah, Silmarillion for me. Yeah, I think the ones that I've gone back to and reread the most are uh, Tolkien, as you said, but the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which technically is one story. That's true. It's one story from start to finish. Yeah. It's three or six books, depending mm. on how specific you want to be. Um, six. <laughs> yes, technically yeah. each book is broken up into two books. Yep. Um, but also the Chronicles of Narnia. I was going to say, if you didn't mention that, uh, I was going to have to smack you probably. Chronicles of Narnia is probably the first series of books and Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the first, that I really went back and reread mm-hmm. multiple times. What was it for you? So many things. <laughs> okay. Top one or two, though. Like So, it's the way he... Uh, Lewis created a world not unattached from our own that brought in these fantasy elements and yet used them to explore very real and very deep or even theological issues. Like, it, it gets into the questions of who is God and how we relate to him at a level that five- and six-year-olds can understand. Mm-hmm. Like, one of my favorite lines that's coming to mind right now is when they're talking about Aslan. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Aslan is a lion and the children are asking, well, is he safe? And the beavers whom they're talking to laugh. And Mr. Beaver says, safe? Of course he's not safe, but he's good. Mm-hmm. And that just captures such a big big thing about who God is in such an easy and accessible way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, switch it up a little bit. Uh, how about, you know, what, what's the, you know, cause we got the book. What, what's, uh, what kind of story are you taking in, you know, via streaming of some kind <sighs> that you just kind of are sticking with and going through? That one would have to completely swing because <laughs> I tend to go for totally different things, I think. Maybe. 
but I also tend to be a lot more flaky on what I'm streaming unless I'm going through it with somebody else. Okay. Um, so I've gone back to uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Which isn't exactly flaky. Um, I mean, no. it's comic universe, right? But it's not... No, flaky in terms of um, how attentive I am to it. Oh, okay. Not the story itself. <laughs> oh, okay. Definitely wasn't picking but up on that. that that's a story that I've... So yeah, I don't even know how many seasons are out now, but I'm like way behind and I go through fits and starts where I watch a handful of episodes, half a season, a season at a time, and then I get distracted onto something else. Mm. But it is something that I've gone back to a number of times now. Yeah as opposed to some other shows that I started and then just kind of fell off fell off the radar on. Mm-hmm. Okay. I really enjoyed Doctor Who, but I haven't gotten back to that in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I know you don't think much of it. We weren't <laughs> talking about you. It's true. So, <laughs> it reminds me, I should see what I can find that's available. That one can be a little trickier to get a hold of, too, at times, though. Yeah, I imagine. What about you? So, I am currently in search of a new show, actually. <laughs> um, I recently watched a pretty um, intense, uh, kind of, I don't know, dystopian somewhat sci-fi doesn't feel very sci-fi just kind of has some sci-fi in the background so far um but it's this uh called the society and it's just uh you know what happens when you get a power of 16 to 8 year olds tr- 18 year olds 16 to 18 year olds uh transported to an alternative universe that Seems to be pretty much parallel, except there's no other people, and then they have to make their town work, and it's this whole, whole thing. Um, so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of depth there. There's a lot of struggle there. There's a lot about um, politics and human relationships and ethics and the in nature of authority and how do we deal with real world problems that follow us? Because you know, crime doesn't go away. Just because you take the rest of the world away. Um, and, you know, things like abuse and substance issues, uh, all those things are still a reality. So how do you address them without the resources of you know, of the rest of the world, especially when you're all between the ages of 16 and 18? Right. And, like, without... Without those broader societal rules mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. things to enforce those rules, how do you, within your little community, yeah. enforce them and decide what matters? Right, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's and it's really fascinating, too, just to see the kinds of things that, that in this story they are retain, retaining in terms of religious practice and even the role that the church, uh, both its building and 
uh, even the idea of it are are so central to trying to make life still work in the, in their town. So I, I I really liked the the show. It was kind of just came on it uh, accidentally, but yeah, that that was the most recent thing that really came through. And uh, in terms of, I think uh, the story I I kind of come back to again and again though. Uh, maybe we should just do one more type. What do you think? Like movie, movie story. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, I I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't mention um, uh, a monster calls. Because this this is a movie that has become my favorite in the last few years, and it's just a really challenging story in a number of ways. I mean, it's got a lot of emotional depth and challenge just in terms of, you know, dealing with a kid trying to confront a chronically ill mother and absent father and the role that story plays in the midst of that as as the, the green man, the tree, comes to him each night and says, look, I'm going to tell you three stories, and then on the fourth night, you have to tell me yours. <laughs> and, and this kid's like, I don't have a story. So, it, I mean, it's just this incredible um, reflection on the power of story, the need, like, like our entire sur- survival... Um, as individuals as and as families as communities is bound up in story and like that it just uh, really really I think drives it home in a way that's kind of powerful and creative and I wouldn't be surprised if this particular movie shows up again as we have this conversation Mm. because it really does get at some of the things we're trying to talk about and it's a really good example yeah of exploring those ideas it's true um so yeah you should probably check <laughs> it out if you're not familiar with it but that being said i had to laugh a little bit to myself because as you were talking about this movie um and it is a somewhat more serious or heavier movie um, dealing with heavier issues. I was thinking about the plethora of movies that we just keep going back to, e- even if we're just talking about you and me, the, yeah. the, the mo- movies we've rewatched. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking about movies like Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right. the original live action, yeah, mind yeah. you. You can leave the TMNT in a dumpster. Like okay. any of that new stuff? No, <laughs> we're talking about the originals here. Uh-huh, absolutely. 1990 or bust. So... Also, but, don't forget, like, the John Hughes movies. John Hughes, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, where on earth would we be without The Breakfast Club? Or uh, Ferris Bueller. Right. Or Pretty in Pink, or, you know. Sixteen Candles. Yeah. All these 80s greats. Yeah. (laughs) They're older than we are, but we don't care. (laughs) 
<laughs> like these are all movies that we go to over and over again mm-hmm. because they're not. They're not. They're the opposite of what we're talking about when we're talking about great movies like A Monster Calls. They're light. They're fun. They take us... We watch them when the world around us is a little too much. Mm-hmm. And we need something else. Right. Well, and I mean, that's, that's the whole vision of fantasy. Okay, and I'm not going to dive too much into that or into Tolkien's fairy <laughs> stories or Because that number. could be a whole yes. thing. Yes, absolutely. But that is the whole thing of, of fantasy. And in that respect, actually, I would want to say that John Hughes and the director of A Monster Calls, who, uh, Lord forgive me, I don't remember his name right now, uh, actually have the same vision. That's actually a fair point. You know, like they're they're telling they're telling stories about about life and they're about reality in a lot of ways. I mean the thing about that makes John Hughes movies so kind of powerful and relatable is like these are situations all of us know, either from personal experience or from, you know, other folks sharing stories. Like the uh, you know it fits the idea of okay this is high school this is friendship these are romance this is romance these are all the things that go in that go in and that happen these are the crises that happen and yeah you can sit there and laugh but you can laugh because they're not your life <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know if, if you have to actually be there it's a little bit of a different take <laughs> right but it's not just that. Yeah, because even with the things that are going on, the way John Hughes engages mm-hmm. these questions is with humor. Oh yeah, and not just because how oh, glad it's not me, but these characters deal with the things they're dealing with through humor or sarcasm and attitude. Fair, which is not mutually exclusive, right? <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, well, right. And, I mean, they're the same. They are the same kind of uh, vision. They have a different tone. They have a different dialect, you might even say. But they're after this whole idea of, like, one, um, we as human beings tell stories and we need to escape our reality to a certain level and be in another place, be in another time, be in a different kind of mode, a different kind of crisis even. You know, because no, there is no story that anyone actually enjoys that is crisis-free. No, that's one of the pinnacles of storytelling yeah. is conflict or crisis. Right. We just need somebody else's crisis at that point. Right. <laughs> and, and all you serious folks who are out there, uh, I just want you to think about if you've considered being a counselor, you're after the same thing. So don't even try to dodge <laughs> You just don't want to... You just want to do it without a Netflix subscription, okay? Just be honest. Um, so... Um, but, but they are 
they are st- they are they do have the same vision. It's it is it is the escape. It is engaging a different reality, engaging a different setting and mood and life. Um, but we we tell these stories, we engage these stories, we listen to these stories uh, for our own survival. And to a certain extent, they actually form a bit of who we are. You know, more or less, right? You know, we take in more stories than we could ever actually have be formative for who we are, but... Right. Whether it's, you know, with our favorites, the ones that really stick with us, whether it's something as simple as quoting lines from it, (laughs) or it actually shifting the way we see the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, movies, stories, stories of any kind, books, movies, TV shows, plays, You're right. They have this way of shaping us and influencing the way we think about things because we have these characters we root for and... Or root against. Or root against. You can be profoundly shaped by a story by wanting to see something really just or really awful, I guess, (laughs) happen to somebody. And... A lot of times, particularly as we're older, we might want to argue that, no, I root for those characters because they reflect me, not because I want to reflect them. (laughs) Maybe you can, I'm not going to even bother with that one right at the moment, but think about when we're kids. I grew up on things like Star Wars and Westerns. And Which are pretty much the same thing. And a handful of, you know, uh, swords and knights and things like that. Mm-hmm. Down to the B-movie quality. Yep. Um, and... They, these heroes shaped me because looking back, I can see how they shaped how I engage with uh, underdogs or protecting those who can't protect themselves or ideas of chivalry or things like this that have become these noble concepts to me. And it's largely because of the heroes in the media I consumed. Mm -hmm. And who was promoted as a good character. To say nothing of the hats you wear. Oh, well, yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Right, you know, so the, the, the stories do shape that and reflect that and 
and, and sometimes in more obvious ways, like you're saying. And, and I think there is, though, the, the reality that we're going we're gonna to have to get into kind of impact and choices around those another time, but at least for, for right now, to just own the fact that, one, um, we do have these stories that we're taking in, whatever medium that we're taking them in. Two, they, they matter to us. They matter for our sense of identity. They matter for our sense of, um, of life, of living, of possibility. They matter for our understanding of what hope and, and thriving can actually look like, about what growth can look like. Uh, they matter for how we look at the crisis that is in our own world. That when we come back from the story, you know, what is it that we're, we're doing? What is it that we're able to do? What is it that we're able to say? Um, and how are we able to be in the world? And all, all of these things uh, come back to stories are present, stories are, are chosen, they, they fill our lives. And that's something to own, not to distance ourselves from. And, uh, you know, God tells our story through Scripture. God tells his own story through Scripture again and again. And it's the repetition and the reengagement of, the, of those stories, uh, the story of, of Jesus and the story of God in relationship with humanity that absolutely forms uh, where we're going, how we wake up each day, how we go to bed at night. Can we go to bed at night, right? Like it, the, the, these stories shape those details. And, uh, you know, it's right to keep telling them. It's right to wrestle with them. It's right to figure out what's going to happen next or consider what might happen because we've listened to enough of the stories around us to start to answer those questions. And maybe figure out what what that is for us. So, but we should probably call it there. Probably. Because we're getting into, um, well, much longer story than we can bear to tell at this point. Yeah. So, uh, we will leave it there. And, but until next time, God bless. And have a good one.
Thanks for listening today. We hope that this word was a blessing for you. Please rate and review on your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Twitter at Fighting With God or Facebook at Fighting With God Podcast. Remember that Jesus is here to speak peace, faith, hope, and love in your life. So go in peace.